today, Jason and Lisa are here. So, Jason, would you come on up, and I'll talk a little more about you. And, Lisa, would you stand and just give us a wave? So, Jason and Lisa, yeah? So good to have them here. They have three daughters. Um, their oldest is here with Lisa, and the other two are in G-Kids. And so we're just thrilled that uh, Jason takes time every summer to come. And uh, Jason is one of our overseers. And so from the very beginning, um, we actually, it was funny, in 2013, I went, or maybe it was 2012, went on a bike ride and um, with Jason, 500 miles around the state, which we had a lot of time to talk, which is pretty cool. It was coming up. And we talked about church planning in Santa Fe. And he says, I definitely think you should do that. I'm like, all right. And so when it was time to plan, I said, hey, Jason, you told me I should do it. You want to help me? And uh, he said, sure, man, we'd love to help you. <laughs> yeah. And so his church in Harvest, essentially his church in Harvest became like the mother church of the Grove is what it kind of looks like. Is, um, they took on a lot of liability and said, hey, we'll help you. Uh, we know this is a, a tough endeavor. And so his, his board, his ter- church, they voted, and uh, they said, we want to help start the Grove in Santa Fe. And so I appreciate Jason and Harvest and their, their church for just getting behind us. They were one of the first ones that said, we believe in you. We think it's going to be awesome. Uh, go and do it. We're going to support you. We're going to be behind you the whole way. And uh, so, Jason, thank you for taking that risk with us, and uh, we appreciate that you're here. <laughs> so I think it was a very good risk, right? You guys absolutely. with me? It's been awesome. Best risk ever. So, Jason, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks. What's up, Grove? How are you all today? It's good to see you. I'm t- I, I'm, I mean this with everything in my heart. Lisa and I love... Your pastors, how many of you love your pastors? Yeah. yeah. And we love the Grove. How many of you love the Grove? And we love Santa Fe, honestly. We love Santa Fe. This is a getaway city for us. We love coming up here. I think, the, I think some of the best food in New Mexico is in your city. How many of you think that is true? Uh, there's, there's a lot of other good things here. There's some good fishing, good skiing, good people. We just love it. But we love coming here every July. This is just a treat for us. Uh, we have just, we've walked this journey with Eric and Sincerity and we've prayed together, laughed together, cried together. Just, it's been absolutely amazing. We love, love, love coming here. And so thank you. Thank you for letting us be here today. I'm going to talk a little bit about prayer today. How many of you pray ever? Do you ever pray? All right. So we're going to talk about prayer today. One of the most complicated things about prayer is is like, how do you pray about meals, right? Like we all eat like three times a day and, and you got to pray over the food, right? And it's like, how do you pray? You know, and there's all these like situations like, well, what if I, what if they're, what if the person I'm with isn't a Christian or what if it's an appetizer only? Like, do you have to pray over appetizers? You know, do, what about desserts? What about coffee? Like, like there, it's just complicated. Would you agree? Anyone? It's complicated. And so I'm going to help you today and I'm going to start out. You might've seen this. I I don't know. I'm going to start out with a quick little video that's going to help you. I'm just telling you, you're going to thank me at lunch today. You're going to thank God for for Pastor Jason because you're going to now have the rules of how to pray over your food. So, So check this out. Enjoy this.
your meal earlier in the night? Do you hold hands before you pray? That depends on your situation. If it's a personal family gathering, some close-knit Bible study or something. confusion surrounding pre-meal prayer comes from when to actually pray. Let me just say, on behalf of waiters all over the world, please pray when your waiter is not there. There's nothing worse than a waiter coming out with two full arms of fajitas, and you're over there mid-prayer of Jabez. Like, what are you doing? Last but certainly not least, who at the table volunteers to lead the prayer? Lots of people say, the man should lead the prayer. Why is that? I'm not sure. It's 2018. Maybe we should get that rule adjusted at some point in the near future. A lot of people operate under the most spiritual person at the table. They're going to be the one that should pray because that prayer is going to be the most powerful and effective. So if you've got obviously a pastor, a missionary, even a Christian blogger, <laughs> so, so shoot, even a volunteer youth pastor, that prayer is going to be a little less effective, but it's still going to qualify. If you're just an average person sitting at the table with obviously more spiritual people around you, you're kind of off the hook because I feel like God would be like, hey, how come y'all didn't bless this meal? He'd be like, I don't know. Ask the pastor. He works for you. <laughs> Some of you are already glad that you came to church, right? Now, like now, now you've got the meal covered, all right, after church. So some of you ladies, you need to pray over, over your meal today. We're going to adjust that rule, all right? I was talking with a friend recently. He was on staff at a church and he was just, he was just sharing with me. He said, you know, a lot of people that will come to me because I'm on staff and they'll, they'll complain. They're like, you know, I'm trying to get a hold of the pastor. I need to talk to him. I need counseling. I need help. I need advice. And I just, I can't get the appointment. I can't make it work, you know, whatever. And, and, and he said something interesting. He said, I, I looked, I began to, this is my answer. I began to look at people and when they would complain about that, I would ask them this question. Well, have you prayed about it yet? And he said most often they would kind of sheepishly back off of that conversation because the realization is this, and I don't know if any of you have realized this in your life or not, prayer is, prayer is intangible for most of us. And so it's often easier for us to go to a friend, a pastor, a counselor, someone else for help. We, we turn to tangible things when we're looking for help or looking for advice. And, and I think a lot of us are guilty of this, that, that often prayer is not our first choice. It's not our go-to. And I think it's just because it's so, uh, so often it's intangible, right? But I just tell you this morning, nothing can replace the relationship with God. And we're going to get to this in a second. Let, let me talk about this. Uh, I think the other problem with prayer that, that we tend to have is that, that we complicate it. And anything that's too complicated, you're going to just stay away from, all right? Like, uh, I think about like New Year's, one of those, the most common New Year's resolutions is I'm going to get fit. Have you, any of you ever made that resolution, all right? You're like, I'm going to get fit fit. So you sign up for the gym, you get to the gym. It's just all these machines and you're looking at them. You're like, I don't know how to use them. I don't know what to do. I don't know what my plan should be. And so what do most people do? They leave, right? It's like, it's too complicated. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. And New Year's resolution dies. And I, I think this happens with prayer is that for many, we unnecessarily complicate it. It's because it's complicated, you know, to us. And it's really not. 
We're going to uncomplicate it today. But because of that, we, we tend to just avoid it. We stay away from it. So I just want to simplify this for you today. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is just, that's all it is. It's talking to God. And I know all of you know how to do this because I was in the lobby watching you come in and you were getting your coffee and your orange juice and your bagel and your donut and you were talking. I mean, you didn't have any problem talking out in the lobby. And I watched you come in and you were in worshiping and then they say, hey, talk to someone near you. And you all did it like you're shaking hands and hugging. You're, yeah, and so I know I know that you know how to talk. Right. I know that. And t- prayer is simply talking to God. It's I mean, in fact, it, it, it's so important. I mean, communication is important in any relationship. Do you agree? Like married people, imagine if the only time that you communicated with your spouse was Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., to 11:15. Can you imagine? Right? That relationship wouldn't go very well. But why do we approach our our, our relationship with God this way? Prayer is just talking to God and and I want to help you with this. The point of prayer is relationship. I think this is so important. The point is relationship. It's not for our needs to be met. It's not for us to share, you know, our list of things to God. It's it really is to build relationship. Because we complicate prayer, we end up praying these prayers out of repetition rather than uh, relationship. I don't know if any of you have prayers, kind of go-to prayers for you. Like uh, my, my youngest daughter, Eden, uh, it's just so cute. She started it years ago when she very first was starting to, to talk and to pray. We, we'd say, hey, do you want to pray over the meal? I don't know. Isn't it? it it's fun when little kids are the table. Like, hey, do you want to pray over it? And it's just so cute. And we'd ask her to pray. And still to this day, she, she's now eight, and she still prays this prayer. She prays, God, help this food to be good. And, and I, I, I just want to be like, honey, it's either good now or it's not good. Like there, there, there's no help in it at this point. But she still, she still, she prays just this prayer. You know, she just has this little prayer that she prays. And, and I just think sometimes we just, we do it out of repetition. Like, like catch yourself this week. Listen to the prayers that you're praying. And I bet you, if you're, if you're listening, if you're paying attention, you are saying words that you've said for years maybe. And they, they've lost their meaning and they've just simply become a thing that you do, this, this repetition. I don't know how many of you grew up in church. Anyone grow up in church? Anyone? All right, so a few of you. Um, so if you grew up in church, you're probably familiar with some, some of the, the ways that we pray, like in, in, in these Christian circles. Like one of my pet peeves is when someone says, pray for me, I have an unspoken. Have any of you ever, ever heard that? I mean, meaning, I have a prayer request, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I just think it's so weird because it's like, but now we all know that you have have a prayer request because you said that you did, but you don't want to tell us. And so what do we do? Come on, be honest. We assume the worst, right? It's like, well, obviously you are sinning and you don't want to tell us about it, right? Or, or we just assume the worst in it, right? Or like, I don't know if any of you ever heard this prayer. Someone will ask for, uh, just, you know, pray for me for a hedge of protection, right? Have anybody ever heard that prayer? What a weird prayer, right? Like who wants a bush of protection, Right? I mean, it's like, I, listen, if, if I want protection, I don't want a bush. I want a concrete wall. I want fortified. I want razor wire across the top with machine guns on the corners. Anyone with me? Like, I don't, I don't want a bush to protect. But we just, we pick these things up. We heard someone pray it or say it. And so we started, and so we catch ourselves just like, the Lord, I just pray for a, a hedge of protection, a bush of protection, right? Think of all the weird, think of all the weird 
um, pr- the, the ways people pray. All right. Now, don't don't point fingers if this person's in the room sitting next to you. All right. Like, have you ever been around the loud prayer? Right. It's like they're just their normal conversation. You know, this is the guy or the girl. You don't want to ask him to pray in a restaurant over the food. Right. Because as soon as they pray, it's like the volume goes up and it's, oh, heavenly father, we just beseech you right now. They start praying in King James all of a sudden talking like Shakespeare. Right. Have you, have you ever or like the scripture prayer? Have you ever have you ever been around this person? Like all of a sudden, they, like their whole prayer is like they're quoting the Bible. Right. I mean, just verse after verse after verse. There's actually no prayer in there. It's like, why are you quoting? God's word to himself. I mean, he already, he already knows it, right? Or like the, the names of God prayer. Anyone ever seen? Like, dear Jesus, oh God, Jehovah, Father, we just, oh Jesus, God, you know, it's like, dude, he knows, he knows his name. It's all right. Like, just talk, right? Just, it's just talking to God. It's just, it's meant to, to build relationship, right? And I love this promise in God's word. James 4, 8 says this. It says, come near to God and he will what? Come near to you. Isn't that, a, isn't that a cool promise? Like, like just, for a, just stop for just a minute and just think. The God of the universe, the creator of the world, right? All power, all authority. I mean, it's just, and he says this. He says, look, when you move towards me, I move towards you. Listen, if you study, you know, if, if maybe you're checking out Christianity today. Listen, if you study religion, if you study any, any, I mean, all religions, there is not another religion that says that when you move towards God, God comes towards you, except for Christianity. I'm just telling you, it's a, it is the best thing ever that as we move, and this is what prayer does. Prayer moves you towards God, and because we, we move towards him, he then turns and he moves towards us. So we're going to talk about prayer today, and I'll just quote the great prophet M.C. Hammer as we get into this, who said, we've got to pray just to make it today, right? Anyone believe that? Like, I honestly don't know. I don't know how people make it through life without prayer. I mean, I really don't. I just, I don't know. Like, here, what are you leaning into, right, in your time of need? Who, who are you leaning into? And I, I hope to help you today as we talk about prayer. There, there, there's a passage in, uh, it's actually recorded in two places. It's in Luke 11 and in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to kind of pull from both of them. Uh, Matthew writes about the same, the same account. Luke writes about it. But how many of you know if you saw the same thing happen and two people wrote about it, you, you'd, both, you'd write about the same thing, but you'd see it a little bit differently. And so you look at this passage, out of, uh, or both of these passages, and you, and you see this. It, it starts like this. It says, one day, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Luke. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. He was doing what? He was praying, right? This is what we're talking about. And it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. What a great, what a great question, right? Like to ask Jesus, like, hey, I've seen you praying. You've modeled this. Like, help me. How, how do we do this? Teach me how to pray. And so there's some, there's some lessons here. And, and in Matthew, it says this, Jesus says to the same question, he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners. And they like to be seen by others. But, but I tell you, those, those, when you pray like that, you've received your reward in full. But when you pray, watch this, here, here's Jesus' instruction. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. In other words, get in that, that quiet, secret place. No one has to see you doing it. And you pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't just keep babbling like pagans. They think they're heard because they're many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. 
I think that last line, your father already knows that you need it. it, it it's so important to catch this because, like, you might read it and go, well, so if he already knows what I need, then why do I have to pray? Well, remember that the point of prayer is relationship, right? It's that he wants to, he wants you to come to him. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to know what you're thinking through, what you're struggling with, the questions that you have. Like he, because, listen, when you go to someone and you have that conversation, what does it do? It brings you closer. Because now you're, you're revealing your heart to one another, right? And you have this conversation and intimacy happens. And this is, this is why, this is why God so desperately wants his people to pray. And then Jesus continues, he says, this then is how you should pray. You've probably heard this. It's called the Lord's Prayer, right? aptly named. And Jesus says this, he says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So what Jesus is doing here, he's not saying, he's not prescribing a prayer, like these are the words you have to pray, but he's giving us a model for prayer. And I just want to walk you through this quickly this morning, this model for prayer. So the first thing I notice is Jesus begins with praise or, or with worship, okay? I, I taught a couple of weeks ago on worship at, at our church, and we said this, we said praise is what you do, but worship is who you are. See, worship is not, you know, a time of a service. It's not songs. It's not, you know, it's, 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 it's a lifestyle. And Jesus models this by beginning his prayer with worship. And he does it when he says this. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, most of you probably haven't used that word this week, hallowed. Did anyone use that word this week? I mean, it's not, no, it's not our normal vocabulary. And all it means is this. It means holy or sacred, set apart. What he's saying is, God, I mean, you are special. You are holy. You, you, you deserve to be set apart above and beyond any other. And, and what happens here, here's what happens when we worship. This is why it's so important is we, we enter often in worship and we have a problem, right? How many of you came today and you have something going on in your life that, that's bigger than you? Anyone? You came today and there's something bigger than you. We come often and there's something bigger than us. And because it's bigger than us, our perspective is that, I mean, it's, it's the first thing. It's, it's in your eyesight, right? It's the biggest thing in your life. And, and here's, the, here's the idea behind worship, is that we know intellectually that God is bigger than the thing that we're facing, right? But because of our, the perception, because we, we're, we're facing it and it's right in front of you, it seems so big that it dwarfs, it dwarfs God in our own hearts, and here's what worship does is worship, I mean, is think, of, think about all the words we use in worship. Like, I exalt you, right? We lift you up. God, you are great. Like, all those words, what they're doing is they're making God bigger. Now, you can't make God bigger, right? He's already as big, he's the biggest thing, right? But what he does, it makes us big, he makes him bigger in our, in our hearts, right? It adjusts our perspective. Worship is so important. And Jesus started like this. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he uses this word, our father. And I know some of you don't have a great relationship with your father, but 
But he used this, he used this word on purpose because he's trying to show the intimacy, the access that we have as children of God. Uh, those of you with kids will relate to this probably more than those that don't, but like I, we have three, we have three daughters, amazing daughters, beautiful daughters, wonderful daughters. And, and listen, my kids, my, my kids know they can come to Lisa and I anytime, any place, right? Like they, they have access because they're my father, because I'm their father, right? They, they, they know they can interrupt. Do your kids ever interrupt you? I was in a meeting recently, and uh, I was talking with a manager of a store. I'm trying, like, to, to negotiate a deal for this big event we had coming up for the church. So, to me, it was important. I need to do this. I need to make this happen. I had my two youngest ones, 10 and 8, with me, Ava and Eden. And they're literally running circles around us. And your kids ever do this, or is it just mine? They're, like, running circles around us. And then they're like, Dad, 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 Dad. Did anyone ever do that? And I'm, I'm like, what's going on? Like, is the store on fire? you know is what's going dad can we get ice cream before we leave i'm like you interrupted me for that yes we can get ice cream right like my answer is always yes but listen my kids know they know and your kids know this too because you because you're the parent because you love them you'll do anything they know that they have access to you that no one else has they, they, you, they, they can interrupt you, and I just want you to, I just want you to realize today as we're talking about prayer, you have access to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, right? Like you, I don't know if you, if you can actually interrupt God, but you, like you can interrupt Him, right? Like you can go to Him anytime, right? You wake up in the middle of the night and you need to pray. He's not offended, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, it's three in the morning. You, you gotta come in during business hours, right? Like you, I mean, I'm just telling you, you have access today. The second part of the prayer, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he teaches us, here's what he teaches us, to pray God's will for our lives. Now, if we're honest, most of us, most of our prayers are about our will. Anyone guilty? Our will. I mean, often I'm guilty of this. I tend to think that I know what God should do for my own life. I tend to think that I know what God should do for my church, for my family, for my city, right? And I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm guilty. As I go to, I go to God, I'm like, God, if you would just do this. Have you ever prayed that prayer? We're praying our will. What if we went to God and he said, God, you see what's happening here. You see what's happening. I'm asking for your will to be done. God, I want your will to be done, right? I want you, because listen, God knows what you need better than you know what you need, <laughs> There's a scripture in Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What a great verse, right? He'll give you the desires of your heart. I used to think incorrectly. I used to think that this verse meant that if if I spent time with God, that he was going to give me everything that I ever wanted. It was almost like a like a genie in the bottle. Right. Like just make me rich and help me catch huge fish and, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's just going to give me whatever I want. But if you study this, the, the word delight there, it's, it's used several places in the scripture, and I'll show you one. It means to, great, to gain great pleasure, satisfaction, or happiness. And in Proverbs, uh, some of you are going to be surprised this verse is in the Bible. I'm, this is in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. It's talking about marriage. That's the context, all right? Marriage says, be happy, rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her breast, that, it says in the word, let her breast and tender embrace. So some of you are going to go read the Bible this, this week. Uh, satisfy you. The men are like, I'm reading it. And watch this. Let her alone, here's the word, fill you with what? Delight. 
that same word. It's the same word that we see in Psalm where it says, delight yourself in the Lord. But we see it differently in this verse because in this verse, in the context of marriage, the the word delight there is showing us that it's all about intimacy. It's showing us the kind of delight that you get in your marriage. It can only happen with one person, and that's your spouse. And that happens because of the intimate relationship that you have with that. So you put that verse now, take it over to Psalm. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. And what he's saying is this. He's like, look, get intimate with me. Talk to me every day. I want to know everything about your day, right? Any of you have teenagers? Any of you? We, we've entered teenage world now with one of ours. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so often the conversation is like, how was your day? Good. Anyone like that? <laughs> like, uh, anything else? No. So I'm like, oh, this is a great conversation. I'm, so, I'm glad we're talking today. Me too. Right? <laughs> Right. But don't do we sometimes do this to God. Right. Listen, that's not how intimacy happens. Right. Intimacy doesn't happen through one word. And that's not even I don't even know we can claim it as a conversation. Right. I'm just saying God wants to hear your heart. And, and so here's what happens is we delight ourselves in the Lord. He gives us the desires of our hearts. Why? Because as we begin intimate with him, his desires now become our desires. And that's how he fulfills. Then he's giving, when he's giving you, I mean, you think because you get into it, you think he's giving you your desires, but he's actually giving you his desires. But his desires have now become your desires. And now you're like, man, I'm so happy and so satisfied. Look at how God's just blessing and giving me all of the desires of my heart. Well, it's actually his desires because you become intimate and your heart now matches his heart and you're, you're after the same things. So Jesus says, pray, pray for God's will. Number three, pray for your needs. Pray for your needs. And this is where he says, give us today our daily bread. Most of us are already really good at this part, so I'm not going to spend hardly any time here. But just notice, just notice the order. God says first, right, worship. Jesus says first, worship. Then pray for God's will. That aligns your heart, right, with God. And now now he's saying, ask God for your needs. My, my buddy, um, Matt Williams, pastors in Albuquerque, he, he, I was listening to him teach recently on prayer, and he said this. He said, general prayer doesn't move God to specific action. And I would just encourage you as you're praying for your needs, when you get to that part of your prayer, be specific. I mean, be just, just, I'm like, write it down, name it, right? Like, be specific. Like, don't just pray for the lost to be saved. Like, pray for your friend that doesn't know Jesus to be saved, right? Like, call them out by name. Be specific. I think, I think God answers, I think he answers specific prayers. You pray for your needs. Number four, pray for forgiveness. This is the part of the prayer I wish was not in it. I'll just tell you before, okay? He says this, he says, here's the prayer, and forgive us our debts. I love that part. Anyone like being forgiven? That's a great part, right? Forgive us our debts, but I wish he would just leave this line out, but he didn't. He said, as we also have forgiven our debtors, as we also have forgiven those who offended us, hurt us, backstabbed us, turned on us, right? Isn't that just, I, doesn't that just stink that that's in that prayer? Anyone else with me? Like, I just, I'm just, I'll just be on, I, it's, forgiving is so hard for me. Anyone else? It's so, it's so hard for me. I don't know why. I wish it wasn't. And I know you're like, you're judging me right now. I'm a pastor. I should be better at it. You know, and now you're going to have to work that out in your own heart. I'm causing you to stumble. I know. All right. It's hard for me. I'm just, but listen, our relationship with God is, it's tied to our relationships here on earth. 
It's, it's, they just are. They're, they're tied together. There, there's a pastor named Yonggi Cho. He pastors the largest church, has like a million people in his church. He's in Korea. And uh, I love this. I, I heard him say this one time. He, it sounds really spiritual at the beginning. He says, every day I forgive so many people. I'm like, wow, look at you, man. That is awesome. And he, and he says this, because every day I hate so many people. <laughs> Can you relate to that? I mean, man, I'm just, listen, I'm t- I told someone this morning, like, we're coming out of a, of a busy, busy season. I mean, we just had a lot happening. And I told Lisa this weekend, I'm like, I am so ready for vacation. I cannot wait. We're leaving Tuesday. And I cannot wait. And I, here's how I can tell, is I am so irritable with other people. I mean, it's just like, you pull in front of me, and I just, ugh, like, rage monster. Hulk comes out, right? I mean, the littlest things. And, and, and so I've had to forgive a lot lately. I'm just telling you. But the good news is, as I'm forgiving, God's forgiving me. It's just been really wonderful. Too often we pray for others when we're praying for forgiveness that God would change them, right? And this is, again, it's all about relationship. When we're praying for forgiveness, what God really wants to do is to change us. He wants to work in our hearts. He wants to help us. So ask for forgiveness. God forgives. Here's the, here's the last one. This is my favorite. So the fourth one is my least favorite. This is my, my most favorite. Is God teaches, Jesus teaches us to pray for protection. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. There was a, a study not too long ago that was done that, uh, that revealed this, that in, in churches, in, in, in researching Christians, over half of the church did not believe that the devil is real and that spiritual warfare actually happens. And I'm like, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, what are you smoking? Man? Like, read the Bible, look around, and here's what you'll see if you look around, if you read the Bible, is there is a very real devil... And he is absolutely coming against you. In fact, it says this in, in John. He says that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? Like, that's his mission. Right? It's not like, it's not like oh, I just want to, like, cut you on the arm. Like, he wants to take you out. Okay? Some of you have been experiencing that. You're like, I can, I understand. Like, look what's happening, right? But there, there's good news, alright? Because, watch this. This is my, this is why I love this part of the prayer. This is what, this is what we call spiritual warfare. Ephesians talks about it. Ephesians chapter 6 says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, watch this, is not against flesh and blood. It's not here. It's not natural, right? It's not the person you're sitting next to. It's not your spouse. It's not your neighbor. It's not the other political party, right? It's, it's not those things. This is what Jesus is teaching us. If he, he says it's not there, but watch. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's a very, I'm just telling you, there's a very real battle that's happening over your life, over, over this church, over your city. I mean, there's, there's a very real battle. And, and the only thing, the only tool that you have is prayer. I'm just telling you. Like, that's the tool that you have. Nothing else is going to fix it. I want to show you a passage. It's in Joshua chapter 6. Most of you have probably heard this story. It's a story of Jericho and the people of God. They come to the city. They're literally at war with the people in Jericho. And I don't know about you, but if I was going to war, like I want big guns. I want tanks and grenades and missiles and bombers. And like, I mean, the biggest, the baddest. Like I want, I want all this stuff. And 
And Joshua and the people of God, they come to Jericho. And watch what it says. Joshua chapter 6 says, the, the, the gates of Jericho were securely barred. No one went out. No one came in. And then watch what the Lord says to Joshua. He says, he says Joshua, see or, or look. I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its fighting men. And I just want to pause in the story to show you this. Because some of you, this is what you need to hear this morning. What God said to Joshua was, look. Okay, and what, what did Joshua see when he looked with his natural eyes? Gigantic, strong, fortified walls. But what he saw in the spirit, what, what God said to him was, I have given you the city. I'm just telling you what prayer does is it allows you to see what God's doing in the unseen world. And some of you today, you came in, you already raised your hand, you're like, I have something bigger than me. What you see in front of you is big, giant, scary walls, schemes of the enemy. But if you could hear the voice of God today, he would say this. He'd say, see, I've already taken care of it. See, I've already, I've already given you the victory. I've already taken, I've already healed. I've already provided. Like, I've already taken care of it. And then God gives them this crazy, you know, strategy. It doesn't involve guns and tanks and bombers and all this. But he says, look, get all the people together and get the priests. And you're going you're gonna to march around the city. It's kind of this, this idea. They're going to go around. They're going to pray, right, for six days. And then on the seventh day, they're going to do it seven times. And then they're going to blow the trumpets, right? And I, I, I used to play the trumpet in high school. Trumpets are not very scary, all right? And can you just imagine the people in Jericho? They start blowing the trumpets. They're laughing at it, like, ah, look at the little trumpets, you know? And then they they shout, they praise. That's what they do. They praise. And what happens is the, the walls come down. Right? They come down, they go in, and they take the city. This is literally a play-by-play of how we today can exercise our spiritual authority. And so, Grove, I just I came today to, to tell you this. That if you're going to see the lost saved, if you're going to see your city transformed, if you're going to, if we're going to see, like we're praying this together, if we're going to see the state of New Mexico change, if we're, if we're going to see, you know, violent crime go down and corruption go away and better education in our state, if we're going to see, you know, poverty come to an end in New Mexico, if we're going to see that sort of thing happen, it's not going to happen. Listen, it's not going to happen through quiet, contemplative, little sissy prayers. <laughs> It's going to pray because we understand I'm a child of God and I have access to the king and I can I can come and I can pray bold prayers and I can pray specific prayers and I can pray for God's will and I can ask him to bring change into this situation. I can march I can march around the city, right? I can pray and God God, God will move. It's not going to change through politics. It's not going to change through Facebook rants. It's not going to change because we want it to change or because we think good thoughts. Things are going to change when we understand the authority that we have as children of God. And so I've come today. I know, I know you know how to pray, but I've come to stir your heart. I've come to stir your heart. And as I prayed, you know, every year, uh, Pastor Eric asked us to come. And every year I'm like, what do you want me to preach about? And he's like, whatever you want, whatever God tells you, you know. I'm like, I wish, sometimes I wish you'd just tell me, you know. But, he, but what he wants is he wants those of us that are coming this month to hear from God. And uh, worship team, do they come up at the end? Or worship team, y'all can come. And, um, and so I didn't know this till this morning. Uh, he was sharing with me. He's like, you know, we're, we're actually working right now that by the fall we want to we wanna launch a prayer team. And I, and I just kind of all came together for me. Like, all right. Because honestly, I struggled. I was like, why am I talking about something so basic, right? Like prayer, the Lord's prayer. You all know this stuff, right? 
But I just I think what I think what God wants to do, Grove, <laughs> is I want I think He wants you to elevate your prayer game. I think He wants you to take your prayers to the next level. One of the ways I, I felt like if if Lisa and I could come beside Eric in sincerity this July, this Sunday, was this is if we come alongside and we could help raise up and develop some people that will come into agreement with their pastors over the, the dreams of God for their city. Will any of you do that? Will any of you do that? Will you will you partner with your with your pastors and pray pray bold prayers over your side. Like I would encourage you, you're driving around the city, pray, pray for your city, right? As you're going to work, as you're doing, you're like, well, I, you don't have to do this. I run my city. I, I'm like, I literally, I go and I run around my city and I pray. I just, I, I do my own little Jericho. Like <laughs> God, I, give us this neighborhood, give us this school, give, help us, give us favor here, right? And what, like what, what could happen, Grove? What could happen if you begin to exercise your authority as children of God here in Santa Fe? Some of you going to do that? I'm just telling you, big things are going to happen. But I want to do this. My time's up. But I want to, I want to pray. I want to pray over you. Is that all right? And, and, I, and I kind of tricked you. You didn't really know that I tricked you because I asked you really early, so you didn't know you were responding to the altar time already. And I said, "How many of you today? You came. There's something bigger than you." And I took names. I wrote down every seat, every hand. I'm like there and there and there. So I know who you are. And so now you can't. We have video too. You you can't get out of it now. All right. Listen, if you came today and that's you. Then, uh, then we, we want to pray, right? Like, like as a church, we want to pray. And we want to believe. We want to believe God. Listen, he's big enough. Do you believe that? He's strong enough. He is able. I mean, I'm just telling you, he's able. Like, like supernatural things. I, I love it. Supernatural things could happen today in a movie theater, right? This is how cool is that? And, and recover and restore and provide and that I'm just I'm just telling you God, God's going to do it. Do you, do you believe that? Is your faith stirred this morning? All right. So do this. Do this. I we're, we're running out of time. I got to move quick. If you raise your hand, all right. I, I don't know how you do it. So I'm. I, this is just. I'm going to. Would you just Would you stand right where you're at? If you raised your hand earlier, or if you didn't and you should have, and you just say, Pastor, there's there's something I'm facing today. It's bigger than me. It's just, it's, it's consuming my, my thoughts. It's, it's difficult. It's hard. And, and I just like, I need God to show up. I need God to show up. I, I'm asking you to stand. I know some of you are like, I don't want to stand. I don't want people to know. Listen, you already raised your hand. We already know. All right. But let's every, remember this, remember this, James four, remember he said, come near to God. And what does it say? He'll come near to you. So that, that stand, that's all it takes. That's you, that's you coming near to God. That's you saying, Come on, God, I need you in this, in my life, and my, I need you to show, that's, that's why I'm asking you to stand, okay? It also be, it requires faith to stand, right? It requires faith to, to believe that maybe God can do something in your life. So let's pray. Church, if you're not standing, I love it. People are still standing. You're getting it. You're getting it. God's moving right now. It's, it's like, can I tell you something? We haven't prayed. He's already doing it. He's already at work in the heavenly realms, right? So let me just declare this over you. Let me just declare this, and we're going to pray. And if you're sitting in your seats, you're just going to join us, all right? I want to declare, just like God declared over Joshua, see, I have already given you the victory. God, I pray right now for every person standing. Lord, I don't know the needs, but, but you do. And God, I'm believing you today, God, for victory, for supernatural activity right here in this theater, in this church, in, in, in my friends here today. I'm believing you, God, for victory, for healing, for transformation. God, I pray, Lord, that every person that's standing would begin right now to experience the power of God. We may not yet see it with our natural eyes, but we will see it in the, in the supernatural, in the heavenly realms. 
God, I just I feel led to pray right now for those standing specifically for healing. Lord, I pray right now you would just heal body, sickness, disease. God, we just declare, God, over sickness and disease and, and pain, Lord, that, that you are bigger and stronger than every scheme that the enemy has brought against us. God, I'm believing you right now, God, that people will walk out of here today, God, healed by the power of God. Lord, they'll feel differently than when they came in. Lord, you are so good, and you love us, and you love to give good gifts to your children. And so I'm asking you for that today in the name of Jesus. Will you just sit, sit, or you can stay standing. I don't even care. Let me pray one more prayer. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Jason, man, this all sounds amazing. A God who loves me, who will come near to me, a God who listens to me, wants to wants to be intimate with me. Like, if that's really true, like, that's I want to be a part of that. I, I want relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Just, I, want to, I want to help you. I want to help you to that, take that first step, that, that come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Is there anyone here today? It's hard for me to see because of the lights. Thank you. Thank you. You just say, I need to come near to God today. I want relationship with God today. Church, can I just, can I lead you in a prayer? All of you, every person here, we're going to make, we had four or five. I don't even know. I can't see everyone. It's people raising their hands. How cool is that? Can we give them a hand clap this morning? Come on. (laughs) So church, everyone stand with me. Come on. Everyone stand with me. You're getting too comfortable. Everyone stand with me. Right. We're going to pray right now. We're going to pray. Those of you that raise your hands, okay, all you got to do, you just, it's not about the words, okay? It's about your heart. Will you just surrender your heart to God right now? Will you just ask him to, I'll lead you in a prayer. Would you just ask him to, to come into your heart today, to come into your, to your life? Church, let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need to be rescued. I'm coming near to you now. I'm asking you to come near to me. Come into my life. Be my king. I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.